over the last few weeks, I've been working hard to work through my car insurance renewal. It's taken a lot of hours and a lot of work to work with the current providers, but also talk to and see other quotes from other insurance providers. Countless hours on the phone, countless conversations. And we finally came back to the current provider who we've been with for 14 years. And every single moment as I was sharing with them counted because I was saying, can't you help me? We're currently in the midst of a crisis and my car is just sitting in the garage for three months. And it's likely it's in the garage for another three months. Surely you can help us by just lowering the premium down a little bit. After a lot of going back and forwards, we have finally come down to a figure that we both agreed upon. But it took work. It took energy. It took a lot of time. And I'll tell you, it tested my patience. Today, the generous God is wanting to give you the gift of life insurance. That's the big topic today about all different insurances. It's a big business. You can get life insurance, boat insurance, house insurance, car insurance, even pet insurance. You name it, you can almost insure anything. But today, God is offering you the gift of the best insurance possible. Come with me to John 3.16. In John 3.16, here it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that if you believe in him, you will not perish, but have eternal life. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That God offers the best life insurance just for you. If you go through his broker, Jesus Christ, you'll not perish, but have eternal life. It doesn't say you might have eternal life. It doesn't say you're going to have eternal life. It says you will have eternal life. But how? If only you believe in him. In 1 John 3, 1, we find it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. You see, this is all about love. That the gracious God would be so loving that he would send his only son to forgive us our sins and to give us that eternal life. And the even greater thing is that it's not just eternal life. It's not just a free gift. It is a free gift for you to take right now and for eternity. How do I know that? In Ephesians, we find that he says it's a free gift. Come across with me to Ephesians. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2 and verse 8. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. I don't know about you, but I love gifts. I love receiving gifts and I also love giving gifts. But there's no greater joy than at birthday parties to receive gifts, to experience gifts and to have gifts and to hold gifts and to open gifts. And the better thing is they're all free. So is this gift free? Is this gift free? Well, in Romans 5 and verse 15, it says, This is a free gift. And it goes through and mentions the gift and the free gift time after time after time. Friends, today God is offering you the free gift. He's such a generous God that he's holding out his hand. He's saying, here is a free gift of eternal life. Won't you take it? The story's told of a very wealthy master. And he had countless servants. And it came to a point where he came and called his servants in, as well as his three servants who were very special to him. He called them in and he said, we cannot go any further. I need to give you all your benefits and payouts. And I need to say goodbye. And so he proceeded to give all his benefits and payouts to all his servants. And he said goodbye to them. And he finally called his three servants in. And he said, my beloved, I've loved you so much. And it's been a wonderful time to serve with you three. But we now need to say goodbye. In order for me to give back to you what you've given to me, I want to give you anything you request. You request it, and I'll give it to you. So the first servant said, Master, Master, you give me a million dollars, and I'll be happy. So the master wrote out the check and gave him the million dollars. The second servant came and said, Master, Master, give me a hundred acres of your land and I'll be happy. And so the master came and he wrote out the deed because his lawyer was with him at the time and said, here is the land, it is yours. And finally, the third servant came. And he knelt down in front of his master and he sobbed and he cried. The master leant down and picked him up. And he said, servant, why are you so upset? And the servant looked into his eyes and said, master, master, I've loved you all this time. Please, may it be that I can continue to serve you till I die. And the master said, let it be so. Be my servant. And the servant walked with the master day after day, month after month, year after year, until finally on the master's deathbed, the servant came and the master looked at him and he said, we've spent so much time together. You are like my son. Today let me 
adopt you as my son and all I have is your inheritance. God wants you to experience the generosity of his love and his grace that he's giving to you today. His love is endless. His love is massive. His love is looking to you today and it's looking to you and saying, take my gift of eternal life. It is yours today. But somewhere in our own human frailty, we struggle to accept that human gift. We struggle to reach out and accept it. And we feel that we have to do something to receive eternal life. But today I want to come back to you and say, no. All you have to do, the very first step for you to receive eternal life is to accept Jesus Christ and his love for you. The fact that he died on the cross just for you, to give you eternal life. You just need to accept that. And it says your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life. Come here to Romans 8. Romans 8 and verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? God died on the cross, freely gave up his son, to give you and I eternal life, to give you and I the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And friends, that is the greatest act and the greatest gift of generosity that we can ever experience or have. I think it's important for us to stop and look at this passage a bit further right now. Because God's love is generous. So generous that nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can tear us apart from his love. Nothing can stop him from loving us. Let's read this again. Verse 31 in Romans 8. What then shall we say if God is for us, who can be against us? And it goes on to say about how he died on the cross for us. And it goes on to say, who can bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It is God who is your broker. It is God who is your insurance broker that wants to give you insurance for eternity. You see, Jesus Christ in his death on the cross intercedes on your behalf. It intercedes on all your sins. When he died on the cross, he took all your sins on the weight of his soul shoulders. And he says, I love you so much that you are now guiltless. 
and that you have been set free, that you are now victorious. But for some reason, we seem to accept the gift of God and His grace, but continue to burden ourselves with having to achieve a certain standard in order to have eternal life. But I don't read that in this Bible here. I don't read that here. I read that it is a free gift. There is nothing you have to do. There is no price you have to pay because Jesus paid it all. Jesus, in his generous life, as he lived on this earth, as he died on the cross, paid the whole price to forgive you for every sin. It burdens me when I speak to Christians and young people and they're keeping record of their sins because they're trying to be perfect. You'll never be perfect this side of heaven unless you accept the gift of grace that Jesus is offering to you today. And when you accept that grace, I want to encourage you to live victoriously because you will have eternal life. So live as though you have the victory. I love watching AFL. I've missed it for the last few months. But I can tell you when Richmond win a game, when Richmond won the premiership these last few years, you could not hold back my excitement. You could not hold back my enthusiasm. You could not hold me back because my team was victorious. And yet for many of us, we seem to have our sins and all this weight on our shoulders that hold us back from living a life of victory, from living a life of freedom. Don't let the devil hold you back from living a life of freedom and living a life of love because God has loved us. And don't be afraid because further down this passage in Romans 8, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And a little further down, he says, For I am persuaded, in verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can live a victorious life because we can have boldness and confidence that nothing will ever separate you or I from the love of Jesus Christ. There's no power that can stand against him. Now that is a generous kind of love. That is a generous God. In 1 John 
there's a beautiful text here that expresses the generous God that we know and serve. And it says, and this is the testimony, verse 11, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. These things are written to you to believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Did you hear that? These things are written to you that you know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Come back to right where we began that first text in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that if you, what? If you believe in him, you will not perish, but have eternal life. And we read here that it's re-emphasized that he who has the Son has life. These things I've written to you to, so that you believe in the name of the Son of God and that you may know that you have eternal life. You may know that you have eternal life. I'll say it again. You may know that you wherever you're sitting today, on your couch, in the park, in your car, wherever you're sitting right now, you may know that you have eternal life through Jesus Christ, God's Son. And all you have to do is to continue to believe. But as I've shared, God just doesn't want us to believe and have eternal life. He wants us to begin to live that eternal life now. In John 10.10, we find that Jesus says, I have come that you may have life, and get this, and have it more abundantly. I have come, I the gracious Jesus Christ, the gracious gift giver, have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. He wants you to be living a life of abundance. He wants you to be living a life of generosity. He wants to give you a generous life. He wants you to live a life that is in tune with Him, that is in spirit with Him, that is walking with Him day by day. Because when you live life of abundance, you live with your eyes fixed on eternity. You live with your eyes looking towards the second coming of Jesus Christ and you live your life with him day by day because your eyes are not fixed on this world but are fixed on what is to come. Your life is already living a life of victory, a life of victory because you know that you have eternal life because you have been saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And I want to encourage you today that you may live that victorious life, that you may live that generous life, that you may experience what it means to live an abundant life, both now and into the future. The well-known story is told of the wealthy young man and his father. The father was very, very rich. And the young man was keen to serve his country. And so he said, Dad, I'm going to go and serve my country. I'm going to war. And he worked in the army and he built himself up and finally he got deployed. His father cried. His father loved his son so much. And day after day, his father would go to his office desk and he would pull out a picture that his son drew when he was just a little boy. And it was a picture of him and his dad. And under the the picture, the words, I love you, dad, were written in just the young little boy's writing. I love you, dad. And day after day, his dad would go into his office and pray for his son and look at this little picture that was his cherished Treasure, I love you, Dad. I love you. One day, a knock was on the door. And as the dad went to the door and opened it up, there was an army general who had a picture in his hands. And through his tears, he looked into this father's eyes and said, I'm sorry to come to you today. But I bear the news that your son passed away and got hit by gunfire and unfortunately we couldn't save him. But while your son was over there, his best friend who draws, drew this picture of your son And he'd like you to have it. The father got the picture and he looked into his son's eyes and he started crying again. And after a while, a number of days, he got the picture and went and got it framed together with the picture that he drew, his son drew when he was only a little kid. I love you, Dad. And he hung it up on his wall, right in his lounge room, so that every day he could remember his son. His wealthy father got old and passed away. But the wealthy father was an art collector. And so this picture hung amongst millions of dollars worth of other pictures. And so, as they began to divide the estate and work through what needs to happen, they looked through the will. 
and follow the orders that all the artworks needed to be auctioned off. The auction date was set and all these artworks that were sought after were there to be observed and looked at. And people from all around the world came in to buy these expensive pieces of art. The auctioneer got up and banged his hammer and said, we're going to start the auction today. The first piece we're going to auction off today is called the sun. And he held up the picture of the young sun and also the picture that the young sun had drawn. I love you, Dad. Do I have a bidder for this piece of artwork? And there was silence. Come on, all, we can't proceed with this auction until we have a bidder for this item and this is sold. Come on, someone give me something. Come on, who's going to start me off? And again, there was silence and a few chuckles in the crowd. They weren't there to get this sun. They were there to get these most expensive pieces of artwork. Come on, come on. Let's move on with this auction. Who's going to give me something for this piece of artwork? And finally, up the back, in this room, the gardener who had gardened and looked after the, the yard for so many years put up his hand and said, I give you $10. I give you $10 for the sun. The auctioneer got excited and said, Okay, we've got $10. Come on, come on, folks, let's get 20. Come on, let's get 20. Do I have 20? Do I have 20? But no one would give more than $10 for this piece of artwork. Dr. Neer went down and he spent a few moments talking to his aides and he got back up and said, come on, I need to have $20. Come on, give me some more money for this son. He looked around and no one would give him any more money. And finally said, right, I've got to do it. The son is sold, going once for $10. Anyone further? Come on. Going twice for $10. Sold. And with that, the auctioneer walked down and talked to his aides and then came back up. And he said, that is the end of the auction today. The auction is concluded. Everyone, whoa, what? What's happened? What's happened? That can't be the end. We've still got these wonderful, expensive pieces to go. And the auctioneer said, I'll read to you the instructions that have been left for me to share. And as he began to read, he said, Whoever has the Son has all my pieces. Whoever has the Son has it all. The crowd went silent. The gardener who offered just $10 for the Son had it all because he 
accepted the Son. He knew the Son. And friends, today, the generous God, the generous Father, is offering you the same. He's saying, whoever has the Son has it all. Whoever has the Son has it all. Verse 12 of John, 1 John 5 says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Today, the generous God who gave his Son just for you is saying, when you accept the gift I'm giving to you, you have it all. No strings attached. May you accept that gift today. I don't know where you're at today. You may be sitting here in your lounge room or bed or car, park bench. And it may be time for you to renew your insurance policy. You know what? He's waiting for you to call out and say, Lord, I believe in you. I accept the gift, the generous gift that you're giving me today. Or you may be here with us and watching and this may be the first time you've heard about this wonderful news of eternal life. You've heard about the free gift that he wants to give to you. And today he's asking you, will you accept it? Will you accept it? The greatest life insurance you could ever have of eternal life. Wherever you are today, whatever journey you're on, I pray that you may know the generous gift giver. That you may come to experience him and walk with him like that servant did day by day and experience the power of his love in your life. I pray that you may come and accept his son and realize that you have it all. And because you have it all, you realize that you have eternal life and you can live a life victorious, a life in John 10 sense, a life in abundance with him and experience the power of kingdom living from today. And may we fix our eyes on Jesus from today until he comes. Fix our focus on heaven today until he comes. I know where I'm going. And I pray you do too. This morning, wherever you're at, I just want to stop and pray for you. And I want to pray that you may accept that gift. I will offer you the opportunity to accept 
that gift in my prayer. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, we come to you. We thank you so much for the free gift of eternal life. Lord, you are the generous giver. You are the giver of life. And Lord, today we come to you and we say thank you. Today, Lord, there's some that are with us who haven't accepted your gift. And if that's you at home today, Lord, today they offer up and say to you, Lord, we accept your gift. If you have accepted that gift today, Father, continue to be with them. Spirit, fill them and empower them to live a generous, abundant life. Lord, others of us here today want to renew our insurance, want to renew our faith in you, want to renew our trust in you and our relationship with you. And so, Lord, for those of us that have that prayer today, Lord, hear their prayer and speak into their life. Come into their life and their home and their family. And, Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, thank you for dying on the cross to give us eternal life. Thank you for the free gift of grace that you're giving to us. And Lord, I pray that we all may experience the power of your love in our life, both now and into the future. Thank you, Jesus for giving it all just for me. This is our prayer. And together as a church, we say, Amen.